Scallywags, scoundrels, rogues, and rebels, Asylum Studios is pleased to present a show that will bend your mind, scramble your morals, and ruin your good taste. This is not a show to take home to your mother and definitely not one for the children. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Chaos and Disorder. The new year is rapidly approaching. Welcome to the new hollier, jollier chaos and disorder. I'm your host with the most, your best hope for the new year, Rick Flieger, and joined as always by the octogenarian odds beater, my reason to be pessimistic about 2022, our resident expert on top shelf turkeys, Mr. Rick Briggs. And staring blankly at all the buttons and and uh, knobs and such, an overgrown New Year's baby, the one-man show killer, Mr. Alejandro Finkelstein. Yay! Check out everything the show's got going on over on the tweeters at Chaos and Disorder, Chaos and Disorder Pod on Facebook. You can go back and listen to last week's fantastic Drunken Christmas episode at AsylumFantasySports.com. And if you want to be a part of the show, and I highly encourage you to do so, reach out via our email, bbwbuddy at hotmail.com. Yeah, or you can try. Oh, he gone. There goes the microphone again. Michael Myers. There he is. Stab it back in. Thank you very much, Michael, over there. Yay. (laughs) Yeah. Technology at its finest here at the Asylum Studio. You are now in three weeks on your second microphone and cord and keep dying. So I have to assume it's you. I don't really know because I think you're just putting in faulty equipment to try to hush me it's not me mitch does all the heavy construction around here yeah but i thought he was a technician over there well again staring blankly (laughs) at all the (laughs) lights and knobs and buttons and such yeah i don't know what's in that thermos bottle of his but i got a pretty good idea it isn't (laughs) soda water you know (laughs) mountain dew coffee yeah it smells like coffee in here oddly let let me (laughs) tell you why you, you know I like to think the the outward disrespect I show towards Finkelstein is stick, show stick. You know, we, we pointed out, I gave the big reveal last week that sometimes we're doing skits and bits that this isn't always real life. So I like to think the outward displays of just absolute disdain I have for him are just for the show. What we do know now proven with Mr. Rick Briggs is it's not. He actually has so little respect for not only this studio, the the tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment to put this fine show out on the air that he chose to just dump a cup of coffee all over. He then got up and for no reason with coffee all over his big ham hand and wiped it on Finkelstein's shirt. And then couldn't understand why Finkelstein would be upset by this. I didn't wipe it on there. I was reassuring him that everything was okay. The equipment was fine. With your coffee hand? Calm down, Michael. He gets used to stabbing things. I thought he was getting upset with me. But you don't put the coffee hand on somebody. Well, obviously I did. <laughs> but why would you do that? It's just an automatic thing, you know. It's <laughs> automatic. I've got coffee on my hand. I've got to pat somebody on the back. Well, at least it upset. wasn't frothy. Well, that's true. What's that? At least it wasn't frothy coffee. Actually, yeah, the froth is gone, thankfully. I have for what? How long have we been doing this nightmare? Ten years? Oh. Fifteen years now? It's been a 
butt long time. Uh, it's going on 12 years now. Which means we've known each other for 14 years or so. And I've never once seen you pat anybody on the back. Yet today, <laughs> the minute you get a handful of coffee, now all of a sudden you're just everybody's best friend, Mr. Rick Briggs. i got to have a pat. <laughs> That was the first time I saw anybody upset. I don't think he was upset. I think he was sitting there minding his own business. I mean, Christ knows he wasn't doing anything to prepare to start the show, but he was being quiet. I think he was just sitting there, and you had to coffee hand him. That's an official term yeah, now. Yeah, coffee hand. Well, how was your Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I had coffee, and, <laughs> and a seventy-five dollar ham. Yeah. Oh yeah. How, oh, that was Thanksgiving. Yeah, we never did say how was the seventy-dollar turkey. No, oh, it was just marvelous. Was it better than a twenty-dollar turkey? No, no. It was horrible compared to that. But I learned something. Oh, okay. Or was actually reminded of a fact that I had long mm. forgotten. And you know, of course, if you listened to last week's episode when I told you the whole what should we call that the 68 dollar oh, massacre oh lord this is getting ignorant there you go maybe you just need to talk louder 68 dollar escapade yes yes well, if you listen to that you know that um you know my daughter had a baby around thanksgiving you, well, anyway children's. at christmas time this Long known but forgotten fact came back to me. Okay. As I kept walking from the living room through the dining room to the kitchen to grab more beer. More beer right. or more food, yeah, depending right. on the case, and back through again. I don't know how many times. But I realized that females can stare at a baby sleeping for hours on end and are never bored. Yeah, I see that. I look, don't get it. Look. He moved his finger. <laughs> yeah, they do that. <laughs> oh, look at the cute little expression on his face. It's normally gas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but, you know, they were happy. So. Well, it kept them quiet and kept you in beer and more food. <laughs> I never get one of the many reasons I'm a horrible human being, but th this is one of them. I never get the whole fascination with babies. Number one, always so cute. No, they all look the same. Yep. Every single baby looks the same. They all have essentially the same personality as a baked potato, right? You know, there's no one any different than no, the other. No, they actually have a personality similar to you and I. If they're hungry they're or pissed. in pain or tired, they're mad. Yeah. Simple Otherwise, they they're just want to be left to hell alone. And or gassy. But honestly, and I don't know if it's a, a blind spot for me. I can never tell babies apart. I, I remember the story. I, I like to, you know, well warden doesn't listen to this thing anyhow because i don't want to remind her of this because she was very bitter about it so i remember when my daughter was born you know eventually they take them away and put them in that room with all the babies it's like the the baby holding tank over there until you're ready to go home and so my, my parents showed up or the old man showed up i think my mom had been there the whole time he come later on and they had to they had the kid in the holding tank so he wanted to see the kid so i took him down there well, I looked in, and there was about 15 babies in the tank. So I pointed at one and said, there she is. Dad's looking real close. He says, no, nah, that ain't her. Well, how the hell would you know? Well, but they had their names on the thing. I was pointing to the wrong baby. I couldn't tell the difference. Every damn one of them looked the same. Of course, he dimed me out, and that was real offensive, and I should feel bad about it. But it's true. 
Yep, he's gone again. I don't think this is going to stand today. Talk now. Yeah, why? Why? Why, why does? <laughs> do you have like a timer on that? Or, uh, I don't a... know what's going on. It's it's you know I don't know. I'm Mitch. I've, you know, I've... I'm the only one that's nice to that jerk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you just call him a jerk? Yes. Wow. You're not gonna like that. Actually, your squiggles are amazing now. Oh yeah, so. right now. <laughs> wait, they're... do I go to say something important? <laughs> What I think could you have you, a switch over there? What could you possibly I'm say okay that, that was important? Just because I put a little coffee on your shoulder, <laughs> you, you start cutting me out. What, you, frankly, I'm offended over the whole situation. Well, you're easily offended. You're oh, a, bit of a bit of a snowflake, as they say, <laughs> I mean, yeah, on I the am. television. Yep. I came to a, a disconcerting conclusion over the holidays. Yes. Something my, my foundational beliefs have been shaken, and I don't know if I can recover. The earth is actually round? Well, no, that's oh. not true. That's bullshit. If you okay. fall for that, you're crazy. <laughs> Sorry. There is such thing. Now, brace yourself, Rick. Yeti. There is Sasquatch. such thing as too much beef. Wait, what? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I need to hear this story. No. Um, so, this year, because one day of Christmas just isn't enough fun, got to drag it out over a couple this time. Usually we do that. We go to one set of parents for the meal and then just go visit the other one and, you know, one day of pain and get it over with. Ah, not this year, you know. Not everybody's getting enough shine. So one set of parents does the Christmas Eve gimmick. The other set does the Christmas Day gimmick. So normal tradition in the Fligger household because we're fancy people. In the Fleeger household. So now, we, are you talking about you, yourself, or are you talking about, like, the parents? Me, myself. Well, me, that, myself. that's no doubt, yeah, yes. Yeah, I'm a man of taste, a oh. man of class. Yeah. <laughs> and so for Christmas Eve, <laughs> I have taken to procuring at great expense, but I have a Broke Dick podcast, so I can afford things like this, a, a gathering up a prime rib. And cooking that up on Christmas Eve. And that's the Christmas Eve dinner for the family. Great tradition. Because it's meat. It's beef. Well, this year, I had already procured the prime rib. However, this last-minute change of plans where I had to go to one set of parents on Christmas Eve cut into those plans. I couldn't do the prime rib. And I'm not sharing the prime rib with those people. You know, That's for me. You know, they, they, <laughs> right. They're finished when it comes to the prime rib. So there was a, a roast for the meal on Christmas Eve, a beef roast, an excellent roast, pump, stuffed, rubbed. You ever hear of this no, one down no. at Toma's Meat Market? Yeah, it's not oh, sexual. Okay. Don't get all horned up. Right. It's an actual yeah. thing. So delicious. So I ate my weight in this roast. Now the next day on Christmas Day, and what was the plan, the anticipated meal, a similar roast, just from a different butcher. Same idea. So once again, I had no choice but to eat my weight in beef. Well, yeah, I mean, it's calling you. Oh, for God's sake. This started to drive me I nuts. I can't help it. I think you can. How about now? I don't know. There we go. I just sit here not saying you, anything. I, I swear it's on a timer. It has to be. <laughs> well, you're the man blankly staring over there. Look at the clock. There's, there's no rhyme nor reason to it. I'm just really upset over the whole situation. So then we get to Sunday, right? <laughs> Now you just pushed a button and nothing came out. This might be my favorite show ever. You are essentially, you're, you're like the baby. You're just a potato over there. You're of no use to anybody. So we get I'm to, good with that. So we get to Sunday. <laughs> Sunday comes around. Now, I've already eaten my weight twice in beef. 
we get to Sunday, I got this prime rib still hanging out in the refrigerator. Well, I'm going to let it sit around for a week. It's a prime rib. So I put it in, and I eat approximately four pounds of prime rib on Sunday while the Steelers are getting their teeth kicked in. And, Rick, I woke up Monday morning to the discovery that there is such thing as too much beef. I don't know what an impacted colon is, but I'm about (laughs) 87% sure I got that going on right now. Well, you know, there's a way through that. Okay. Well, I, I've made my way through it a few times, and it, it ain't helping yet. It's called magnesium citrate. Ooh, you're a chemist, I see. Magnesium. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's. You, you've never it's, had any of these fine invasive tests yet that you're. Oh no, spring no. Chicken not at my tender yet. young age. Yeah. No, it's a blast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Repeatedly. Also, is Repeatedly. that is that the cleanse for when you get the hose? You betcha. You've had the hose. Well, you're like 19. Yeah, I've had issues so for a long time. Drink a bottle of that. He just gets it for fun, for <laughs> recreation. Drink Recreational a bottle of that. Colonoscopies. <laughs> the impaction is gone. <laughs> I, I might need it. I might need it. But do it. If you're really that impacted, do it while in the throne room. Oh, so don't even... Because you'll sit there and everything's fine, and all of a sudden it's a race. Oh, there's no lead time. No. Not... <laughs> no. And you cannot sprint. It is a shuffle. Yeah. Well, that's true. And there's no stopping it. <laughs> well, this is how everybody wants to recap their uh, their holiday, is yeah. talking about our bathroom habits. So, I, I don't know. what What is there to talk about? You know, I do want to have a hissy about your Pittsburgh Steelers. I haven't been a fan for a lot of years. Your Steelers are a damn embarrassment. I'm coming around to something, Rick, that I feel like, I'm not sure you've ever outright said it, but I know you've you've hinted around at it, maybe tweeted stuff about it. I have long, long been an ardent defender of Mike Tomlin. I might be turning the other way. I, I, I really might. I'm, well, you know I'm not really a Tomlin apologist. I mean, these people that are calling for his head, I'm not necessarily agreeing with that per se, but, you know, I really think that Art Rooney Jr. needs to sit down and put his feet to the fire and say, look, this Matt Canada who gets – he comes up with – he says he has no reservations about Matt Canada's play call. He said that today. As a matter of fact. <laughs> and then he goes wrong to explain that it is a transition from the college game to the pros. He was on the team last year. And it's week 17. And it's week 17. And it's still the same plays they were calling in week one of last year. Right, exactly. It, it's it's ludicrous. And he, But getting back, they have got to put Tomlin's – feet against the fire say look you better make some changes or we will well and i think though that's the problem because here's where i'm coming around to look the never had a losing season probably still won't you know he'll find a way to get this one to 500 i think i'm, I'm moving along by with 10 other teams in the afc right well yeah that's the other thing so i get that but if there's a big failing and we're going back to at least todd haley and since uh, uh, Butler left, not Butler, uh, LeBeau. LeBeau. God, I put Butler. Yeah. Butler's yeah, in don't the put them on the same. But, plane, Butler's please. in the wrong category. <laughs> is kind of where I'm going. I'm mixing them up here. But going back to that Todd Haley hire, for whatever reason, Mike Tomlin 
struggles is out, downright bad at hiring assistant coaches, right? It has been nonstop, constant. I don't know if it's because he's the alpha, right, and he wants to run this whole thing, so he's going to bring in dumbass assistants so he can look smarter. Which I, is why he didn't get along with Todd Hale. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if it's that, but you look at this Matt Canada thing, even this thing, this nonsense with the offensive line coach, and, and boy, that, doesn't that say a lot about a team, what the, where the uh, state that they're in, that he'll leave midseason to go to a, take a college job, right. a lateral move to a college, although yeah, it, Clem. I think it was right. more money, but he, he stinks good riddance to him but horrible assistant coaching hires you know obviously the in-game stuff we've talked about the inability to manage the you know they, they just need to take his challenge flags away he doesn't know how to use them he can't manage the clock at the end of a half and at the end of the game can't manage his timeouts never could do that but again wouldn't bring any a lot of coaches struggle with that never brought anybody in to sort of manage that but going back to a few years ago when we had all the Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell sort of nonsense going on. And this is when the clamoring for Mike Tomlin maybe being time to move on started up. And this is where I defend Antonio Brown. And this this is still true. Antonio Brown's a special kind of a-hole. It almost doesn't matter who he plays for, he's going to be an a-hole. Le'Veon Bell, at the end of the day, really didn't do much other than hold out for more money, which so – you move past that, but then we get into this year. You got this team struggling. You got all this veteran leadership. You got a lot of young guys, but you got a Ben Roethlisberger, a Cam Hayward. You have all this veteran leadership. And now your distractions are something called a Chase Claypool and a Ray Ray McLeod. And whoever that dickhead corner was that I never heard of who broke up a pass in the end zone, down 30, and flexed for the camera, there is a <laughs> culture problem. And I am all for a player's coach. I have no problem with it. Rick, we've talked about it on this show a hundred times. I love those old 90s Miami teams. I like these guys dancing around and preening and all that shit that irritates you. I love it. I love that stuff. However, when you have a young team, that stuff works when he came into a veteran situation with a veteran team, a well-run organization, and he came in and maintained that. Now you're bringing in all these new guys, all this new personality, and that has permeated that team. I think it's cost them, and I'm not sure right. he can get his arms back around this organization. I agree as 100%. Now. And, you know, you talk about the – the posing and so forth. And, yeah, I'm not totally really all for that as we talked many times over the years that, and you like it. But you, where I dislike it and you like it, it's still on the same level. They're good teams throttling other teams well, yeah, yeah. that are flexing their muscle. Yeah. They're Muhammad Ali knocking somebody out, mm-hmm. standing over to flex it. They're not down 30 to nothing right. and going, look at me. I, I Flex mean, it. That is lost control. That is a culture that is devolving into nothing but 11 guys that are me. And, and, and there's no team involved whatsoever. Right. Going back to Matt Canada, you have a freaking 3 or $4 million fullback sitting on the bench. You cannot run the football and yet he never gets a snap to go in and supplement some blocking. Right. It's ludicrous. They try nothing different. No. It's no. the same crap every game and every series. And whether they're down 30 to nothing or, or it's 10-10, it's, 
It's the same stuff over and over and over again. I mean, can we agree if nothing else? Third in a yard or less, fourth in a yard or less, and you pitch the ball wide out of the shotgun, you should be shot on sight. Yes. Not just fired, not seven admonished. Yards you deep should die. The, seven yards deep in the backfield when it's third and one. And and Matt Canada is obsessed with this. And this is the problem, right? And this is where Mike Tomlin's got to recognize this. That worked really well for Matt Canada at Pitt when he was flipping the ball outside to Tyler Boyd playing, you know, against some directional school from frickin' Michigan. This right. doesn't work in the National Football League. And uh, two seasons and 17 games in as the offensive coordinator to not recognize that, that is a capital offense. He should have been shot or brained in the locker room. Something should have happened. I agree. It's ludicrous. And I'm, I'm with you. I, there's, I just don't think that there's any way to get control of this team back Um under the Tomlin, you know, command, quite no. frankly. And I think, look, and one thing you see see on social media everywhere in the right, if they let Mike Tomlin go, which isn't likely to happen still. I, I no. don't believe that for a second. If they would, yes, somebody would, fire, would hire him within 15 minutes. Right. And that's fine. Because here's my biggest concern with him. Take all of that aside. All of that comes back to being a player's coach, and, and the, I often hear him described as a leader of men. But here's the thing. Men's an operative term, right? He came in and took over a veteran-laden team. And th- while there was turnover throughout the years, he's been there a long time, there was always that solid core group of veterans. This team is about to go into a full and complete rebuild. I mean, that's where we're at, right? Ben Roethlisberger's done. The offense, everything else is in flux. Yeah, that's – even the defense stinks. I still can't understand that with the names they have well, along that, there. Well, that's the whole problem is they have some playmakers. Right. But that's basically it. I, and they don't have anything to supplement. You know, we saw this a little bit towards the end of Troy Palomalo's career. You know, what Troy's lost a step. Well, Troy was trying to cover the entire secondary. True. You right. know, towards the end of his career because it had devolved – into basically a screen door for any wide receiver that was going down right. the field. Yeah. So I mean, and, and that's what's going on right now. Yeah, Watt can, Watt's getting pressure on the quarterback. He's leading the league in sacks, and they're blowing through them like oh, still. Yeah. It it just doesn't matter. But I think to the point. Back to it. I I haven't seen in any way demonstrated, and in fact, I'm seeing it the other way right now that Mike Tomlin is equipped for a rebuild. Mike Tomlin is – I think you pick up Mike Tomlin now and put him in L.A. I mean, they already have good coaches, but – or in Green Bay. Those teams might be better. Those teams probably have better chances of winning the Super Bowl than they already do. I'm not certain, and in fact, I've become convinced Mike Tomlin isn't the guy to to – lead you through a rebuild and build it up again. I don't think he's that guy. He's a leader of professional football players that are kind of policing themselves in the locker room, and he's not dealing with that nonsense where he's just leading the men. And and we're not there right now. And and you're going to have a rookie quarterback coming in or a stopgap getting ready for the rookie quarterback. This this team's going to be completely overhauled next year and for the next couple years. It's going to be some lean years. I don't think Mike Tomlin's equipped for that. So – 
it sounds crazy to you know try to push him out and never had a losing season. I don't think he's going to have a losing season this year because after you lose a game like last week, the Steelers will come back and beat the Browns this week. That's all but a guarantee, I have to believe. But it, it, I think it's time to move on, and I never thought I'd say it. I, I'm there with you. So it, it's just a mess. There, there's no other than some playmakers on the roster. There's really nothing good to be told. You, you look at the the coaching staff, you Tomlin aside, the coordinators. I, you know, he, here's a thing that I don't know if you and I talked about this or not, but I've been thinking about it. You know, all these these past years that when these coaching jobs come open, you never heard Keith Butler ever. No. Nobody was ever seeking out Keith no, Butler. No, I don't think anyone job. ever in their life has no. sought out Keith no. Butler. No, and, and Randy Finkner, you know, nobody was seeking him out. Oh, for, I forgot about that dullard. Yeah, Whatever become of him? Well, we, Matt Canada's, you know, tutor, apparently, <laughs> because it's the same crap that, that Finkner yeah. did last yeah, year. Yeah, it, it's bad. And so, I mean, the coordinators are extremely weak. We have basically said to, to Clem, the offensive line coach, this line sucks, go ruin the one yeah. in Oregon. <laughs> so Take them down. Yeah, Leave we, us alone. Yeah, they'll never win another Pac-12 title. Uh, there's just nothing good to talk about. There's no quarterback, you know, coming in and say, oh, boy, well, you know, things will get better now. We have a running back on offense Deontay Johnson is a good wide receiver. The other ones you can throw in a sack as far as I'm concerned um, and pull one out. It doesn't really much matter. Hit the sack with a stick like Could snakes. do that. Maybe wake him up. And take anybody on O-line. They're not starting on anybody on, on, on the NFL. And that could probably be resolved quickly, right? I mean, they, they've got all that cap room next year. They, they ought to be able to just bring in six brand-new offensive linemen. You think? Almost $44 million in cap space Spend next it year. all on the offensive line, every single penny of it. Because I do believe Najee Harris is a transformative talent. I think he's that good, and he is getting killed. If I was him, I would quit right now. I'd just say, I'm out. Two middle fingers and out the door. You're just getting the hell beat out of me constantly over and over again. It, it's it's weird. It, this is something, I mean, what, since two bounce Malone, we as Steeler fans haven't really had to go through. That's true. And, you know, Pittsburgh fans are not used to that. I mean, this isn't Detroit. This isn't uh, Cleveland. Um, they're not going to tolerate it. Now, how about Cleveland still stinks, even with all that talent? I don't understand it. I like it. Yeah, I mean it's uh, Cincinnati is definitely the cream of that division right now. Sounds I mean, so weird to say. Well, I mean it's not like they haven't been good in the past. I mean, they with Carson Palmer they had a few good years. You know, obviously they went to the Super Bowl with Boomer and Kenny Anderson. So I mean they've actually been relevant through time. Yeah. Cleveland hasn't been relevant since. God, I well, you were in high school in the forties. Yeah, right. Well. You know, not quite that late, but you know, you always got to just ruin a good conversation, yeah. don't you? You are old. So rather than dump coffee into the soundboard and on the producer, perhaps we should sell a little. When we come back, Rick, I want to do something I vowed we'd never do on this show. Have fun. 
Well, no, nah, we can't do that. That would be dumb. True. So we're going to talk a little bit of COVID in sports when we come back. Oh, God. Oh, God. Let's talk about our sponsor, Dead Sled Coffee. Dead Sled Coffee strives to create a culture of acceptance and respect no matter what your level of coffee knowledge is. They are distinguished coffee for the exceptional and unconventional. They offer amazing products that do not require your dictionary or your atlas to appreciate. Feel comfortable ordering their coffee and know that it is not a crime if you do not know where the beans came from or where it was processed. They have done all the work for you, having slurped and sniffed through endless cuppings so you can just sit back and enjoy your coffee experience. Not sure what to try? Well, try some of their new signature blends, the Robert England blend, the Kiss blend, and the Cypress Hill blend. Go to deadsledcoffee.com. Use the promo code DEADSLED15 and take 15% off your order. Deadsledcoffee.com. And hey, tell them Fligger and Briggs sent you. And when you grind the dead sled beans and run them through your press or put them into your coffee maker... You don't have to worry about getting frothy coffee. You just get clear, crisp, wonderful taste. Now, I do think we need to update the... That was an awkward fade. We do need to update that commercial, though. So you talk about the Robert England blend, the Kiss blend. You have made no mention of the green polo shirt blend, their (laughs) new delicious flavor that they've put out there. That's the... Ultra limited small batch blend. <laughs> that yes. is small, small batch. batch of it. <laughs> Filtered through Alejandro's armpit of his green shirt. Although there was a good bit of coffee on that shirt, so the blend isn't all that small. I'm just not sure you can replicate it. So, Rick, I like this show to be a haven, a an island away from the nonsense of the of the world. But I'm starting to my antennas up a little bit. And it ties into kind of kind of two things here. Number one, my opinion that this may be the worst NFL season ever. We can talk about that later if you want to. But looking at COVID and what it's doing to sports right now, right now, don't order him around. It has to be Just natural. Talk. Well, no, you're Just distracting talk. me. I don't care. I remember when you. your microphone wasn't working. I like that. <laughs> well, remember when I ignore you when you run. talk. I like that. <laughs> You know, unplug it again. Oh, I just revealed the secret, didn't I? Oops. <laughs> How's there any coffee left in that? There was seven gallons of coffee on the console. It's an endless cup apparently, of enjoyment. Apparently so. When you get dead sled coffee, it just seems like it lasts forever. Oh, it's so, so that's wonderful. dead sled coffee you're oh, drinking over always. there. Well, of course it is. The, the limited edition polo shirt blend. <laughs> yes, the armpit polo blend. <laughs> All right, continue on. But this is a freaking mess right now with with what's going on, the the NHL, the NBA, and then the the NFL. But here's here's what I'm wondering, all right? Do you think the league is going to allow this to affect the playoffs? So I I got to thinking about something. Here's what brings this to mind, right? We see it now. Now we've got Carson Wentz out, and there's all these players starting to fall with Indianapolis. It's two or three teams every week right now getting these outbreaks. And they dealt with that. 
seemed like a few weeks earlier going back to Thanksgiving last year. And then all of a sudden, at the peak of it for the country, right, in January, February, when we got to the playoffs, suddenly and mysteriously, we didn't have any more issues. <laughs> and now, here we go. This thing's just ramping up now. I'm two weeks away from the start of the playoffs, a month away from the Super Bowl. Think this thing goes away? Did the, the league's already changing the rules and the CDC's changing the rules. And I just wonder... Something doesn't smell right here, I guess is what I'm saying. And it's not just him in that dirty polo shirt. Well, it's not because, look, you know, you can just look down. You, you mentioned Carson Wentz, you know, and, and a few other players. Now, all of a sudden, they can test in five days. Right. And they're not going to have it, right? They have it, but then they don't have it within five days. Apparently. Well, but before, it was how long? Two weeks, wasn't it? Was it was 14 days, then 10 days, and now five days. Yeah. I mean, is it time for it to just go away? What I'm struck by here now, this people think this is political, but this is just something I wonder about, is if somebody isn't sick, are they sick? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because this is what we're talking about, right? Right. You got 30 guys testing positive, 28 of them don't have any symptoms. Why are we testing these guys? What I'm wondering, is that what happened? Seriously, how did they get through the playoffs in the Super Bowl last year with nobody, nobody on the COVID list? Remember yeah. what was going on in the country in January and February of last year? It doesn't even make sense. Well, yeah, I mean, it, well, really, if you think about it, last year, I'm trying to remember. God, you lose track. Yeah, last year at this time, it was, what, 2020 going into 21. Very good. <sighs> so you remembered. But when did COVID, it was like March of 20. Okay, it was March of 20. Yeah, God, we're going almost two years yeah. in this crap. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. And Delta reared its head yeah. right about okay. this time last year, the Delta. Yeah, Delta. You know, there's a song named Delta. Okay, you going to sing it? No, I just oh. thought I'd tell you that. <laughs> well, good. Good to know. Yeah. Delta Dawn, there's another one with Delta in it. Why do they call him Delta Dawn? I don't know. Ask Helen Reddy. She sang it. Who? Oh, God. She's dead. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, I think it's mysteriously going to go away. I don't think there's going to be any. Now, I am sort of surprised. Of course, it is just a lot of minor bowls. You know, the Holiday Bowl today got canceled between NC State and UCLA because UCLA right. run rampant with COVID and, and some other ones have been having some trouble. But that's not the huge money. You can bet that Michigan and uh, you know Georgia. And Alabama, Georgia, and Cincinnati. You can bet they'll be playing. Yeah, yeah, there'll be there'll be no no Omicron issues there, right. and, and that that's what's strange about all this. I mean, look, I know why, I know right. what's happening, but but yeah, what if we get to the college football playoff? And... I want to talk about that for a minute. All right, because Let's. there's a, there's a lot of people and. and I don't know if you're one of them because we really haven't even talked about this. You know, there's a lot of controversy whether or not Cincinnati belonged in the mm, okay. you know, in the playoffs, you know. And what did they call it, like the group five or whatever? Yeah, it the is. group of – got the power five and the group of five. Right. And, you know, saying that they just don't belong. And, you know, it comes to, it comes to mind, say Cincinnati plays Alabama. 
Well, I don't and have to say it. No, they will. And, and on Friday, as a matter of 48, fact. 48 20. Okay. Alabama. And there's going to be a lot of people say, well, see, I told you. They didn't belong in the playoffs. But Alabama's been trucking people for the last 10 years. Right. Whether it doesn't matter what conference they're from. Yeah, they've been trucking them from the SEC. Yeah. From the Big Ten, from the Big 12. And. You know, I don't think it's a referendum whether or not Cincinnati belongs in this playoff no. if they beat Alabama or not. Now, I would love to see it of a touchdown game yeah. just just to give them a, a little uh, leg up on some of these naysayers. Well, you know, they don't belong there. They beat Notre Dame in South Bend, who was basically the next team in. Right. Maybe again undeservedly, but yes, Maybe. based I on mean, the metric. But Oklahoma gagged in, in their chance to right. get in. Uh, Michigan State gagged, you know, getting just clocked by Ohio State. So, I mean, of course they belong. They're yeah. they're undefeated. And they've had some quality wins. Notre Dame in South Bend. They beat Houston in the championship, who was like a, I think, a one-loss team right. or two-loss going into that one. Uh, they blew out SMU, another good team, I think a 10-win team. So, I just don't want to hear, well, you know, that – goes to show you they don't belong well yeah what happens on friday doesn't change any opinions go back you know, go back through and look at the set there i can't recall but maybe one since the birth of this playoff good semifinal game right. you talk about throwaway games they are consistently utterly unwatchable blowouts look at oklahoma's record in some of these right. playoff yeah. games just get so bludgeoned yeah just over destroyed but so here's the thing I, I think both can be true right in reality from a true talent standpoint Cincinnati's got no business being in this Final Four, no business being in that game. But they earned their way there, right? Here, here's the thing. You cannot have the Cincinnati's of the world, the Central Florida's of the world, be eligible for this, and then when they do everything you possibly ask of them to do, then say, well, but you're not good enough, right. we're excluding you. Yet, in the, in the AP poll, you're ranked number three, right. but you still can't be in right. the best four yeah. teams. So, yeah. So, look, they are not by any measure, they are not by any measure from a talent standpoint, especially one of the four best college football teams in this nation. Not even close, not forget about it. That That's finished. But this is the system we've set up, right? right. You, you want to go to eight, you want to go to 12, you want to go to 16, you can catch more of these teams, you can get more – more of these power five teams with one and two losses in there, you can do it. This is the system you have. The I don't understand what the argument for exclusion of Cincinnati would be. You know, Central Florida, when they had that a couple years ago, it was strength of schedule. I still thought they should have got in. It, it, now, right. now, I have since decided I hate them since, remember, they declared themselves national right. champions and they acted like a bunch of douches about it. So, So now they're finished. I'm done with them. But in general, you made them eligible, right? So you either need to separate out the group of five, so you have a Power Five championship, which is one only people care about, have a Power Five championship, and don't even consider them. If you're going to consider them, if somebody goes undefeated, beats a top five team on the road, 
wins at you know beats two or three other top twenty five teams, you have to put them in. I know it hurts. I know you want the top four in the SEC in there every year, or the top three plus Ohio State. That's not the system you set up. Right. If you want to do that, do that. I I think we get to the point very soon with this name, image, likeness, and everything else going in, where you start to see the SEC and the Big Ten, they start to break out, and and it becomes you're independently, I can almost envision you have a four-team playoff that it's the winner of the SEC, the winner of the Big Ten, the winner of the ACC, and the winner, I guess the Big 12 is about dead, so what's that take us to right. the Pac-12, I guess? They're kind of a joke right uh, now. Yeah. Uh, give me Cincinnati yeah. over anybody in that and, direction. And they have their playoff, and they independently exclude everybody else, which then, that'll be fine. But you set up this matrix, you set up these rules. Yeah, and I don't want to hear it when, not if, when Alabama beats them by 40 on Friday, I don't want to hear it. Well, see, they should have go, gone ahead and put Oklahoma State or Oklahoma or name name your southern school, put them in there because they'd only lost by 30. I don't want to hear it. You, right. you look at these. Michigan State several years ago, they lost by 40. Everybody loses by 40 in, in this semifinal game. And so, yeah, I, I don't want to hear it. Cincinnati – doesn't belong there, but they earned their way there, and they should be there. Right, and, and with the system that we have, just like you said, well, Oklahoma State should be in there. Well, if Oklahoma State wanted to be in there, don't lose to Baylor. Yeah, pretty <laughs> you know, simple. Like, yeah. Get that extra two inches you needed, and right. we or, might add an argument. I wonder if they'd have put Oak State in if, if they win that I game. I don't know. I mean, it, it's possible, and it would actually could have been legitimized because, you know, they had a good season, but I don't know. I, it, it, I'm with you. I, it's they've done everything that they were asked to do. Right here we are, and if they happen to pull an upset, they probably still won't belong next year. No, but it makes things interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like you know your McNeese State or your Wright State in the NCAA. Are they going to win the title? No, but they may pull an upset. Right. And and, and it doesn't matter if you went to the eight-team format like you're talking about. Cincinnati's still there. Right. Yeah. You know, they're still going to be like a three-seed. So, I mean, what are you arguing about? Maybe. You know, I don't know. That's what I'd be curious to see how, you know, what those seedings would then – would then look like if, if you expanded the field. I mean, it's going to happen. I don't know how soon Right, it's going to happen unless these conferences just finally say, you know, and, we're, and we're it's, out. It's, you know, look, they've only won like five games. But you know what team had the number, the strength of schedule, number one in, in Division One? I? I do not. Navy. Really? Navy. <laughs> so, I mean – you know, they could say what the, about the strength of schedule, but Navy's not playing Alabama yeah. every week. They're no. not playing Texas, but they're playing good quality schools. And, I mean, Cincinnati's isn't the strongest schedule in this, in this country, but certainly not the weakest. Yeah. And I, I dare say that some of these teams, I mean, you look at Michigan, they're playing Northwestern, they're playing Nebraska, yeah. they're playing Rutgers. And the bottom half of the SEC is horrific. We yeah. like to pretend the SEC is great. You know, the top half of the SEC is great, and then it's like every other bad conference after that. Sure. So, yeah, I don't know. Look, 
I watch it. You'll watch it. Everybody's gonna watch it. So like, we can pretend. Like, people can pretend like they're all offended by this. And if you just want it to be, you know, have a four-team SEC championship and don't participate if you don't like it. If that's what they want, and in the Big Ten, that, hell, that might be better theater there anyhow. You know, but but they have a whole season for that. So yeah, I don't want to hear it. Well, let's sell some sandwiches. Right? Hey, before we do that, oh, do we have to? Yes. Oh, all right. Oh. Cincinnati is plus four ten to win. However. The spread is 13 and a half. You were saying they were going to get beat by 40, but would you take the 13 and a half? No. Okay. No, I am laying it. I'll lay anything under 30. All right. Sounds good. All right. Now- I think I'd go to 20. I'm a little not so much higher on Cincinnati, but I saw Alabama struggle some with Arkansas and a couple other games. You know, it, it could be a game for a while. I mean, I, I'd go maybe 20, but uh, 13, I don't, I don't think so. I think if these big schools have demonstrated anything in this scenario or when we have this debate, they are offended that Cincinnati would have the audacity to even accept the invitation. So Saban's going to come out there and just pound the hell out of them. You know what? I'm taking Cincinnati. Oh, you know, please do. Put put your retirement and your kid's college in, fund on it. My entire pension yes. is on really, $11. I would feel oh, would yeah, felt a week. lot better if Cincinnati could play Harbaugh. Yeah, he, he may. They could get under his skin. Yeah, he may find a way to F it up. Yeah, he's pretty good at cause that. Because he, he's arrogant, mm-hmm. and, and I could see him looking past the Bearcats to Nick Saban. I'm right. Like, Wait, do I get Nick Saban next yeah. week? And all of a sudden, they're down 24-7. Well, he's not going to yeah. have to worry about that after Georgia stomps a mud <laughs> hole in him and walks it dry. So I don't think that's going to be much of an issue. But Michigan's defense could could hold him in the game. But if Georgia's defense shows yeah, up, I don't know how Michigan right. moves the football. But I, I kind of thought that about Alabama in that SEC True. title game. Uh, Alabama, realistically, for as great as they were all year, for, for an Alabama team, their offense struggled. You think, oh, God, now you got to go in and play Georgia. And they just brought, wrecked them. It's like Bill Belichick going against the Steelers. Yeah. And Nick Saban destroys Georgia. Yeah, yeah it's kind of his bit. Yeah, well, let's sell some yeah, sandwiches. Yeah, let's sell some sandwiches. We'll, uh, I want to complain about how bad the NFL sucks when we come back. If that's I thought all you already you. did that. Oh, did I? Oh. Well, that was just about the Delta and Not the enough. Omicron. This season stinks, and we're going to talk about that, unless you got something else right after this. We would like to take this opportunity to tell you about our sponsor and friends, The Chop Shop in Butler, Pennsylvania. The Chop Shop is leading the way in the western Pennsylvania area for good eats. With fresh menus, great specials, in-house made desserts, and the recently added iced tea, lemonade, and milkshake bar, you are sure to find something to fulfill that craving or hankering, and even a little something extra for that sweet tooth. Yep, they even have gluten-free and vegetarian options as well. You know, between Facebook, Google, Yelp, and TripAdvisor, they average 4.7 out of 5, and that's over a 10-year span, so they are consistently killing it. You can check them out on Facebook, but also at ChopShopButler.com. Or do yourself a favor and visit them at 108 North Main Street, Butler, Pennsylvania. And tell them Flager and Briggs sent you. I know the answer with you. Finkelstein, you're into this stuff. Do you ever go to Yelp or anything? you ever use any of that stuff? A couple of times. Like when we travel and stuff, we'll use it. I don't trust any of it. 
No, some of it is. I've never felt compelled to where I just, what happened was supposed to happen, so I go on, take time out of my day to write that. But I may be compelled if I was really pissed to do it. So I'm thinking you're only getting the complaining, aren't you? For the you most know, part. when you should write on there? is when you get into your hotel room and settle back with your cooler, and instead of start talking politics, you could write a review. Oh, I could do that. See, that's when but you But then I can't writing. see the screen because I'm blind, stinking drunk. Hey, well, that's a good point. More importantly, did you go to the chop shop last week? I didn't. I, I missed out. I need to go there as long as they have a non-beef option for me. Oh, I'm, I'm going to ruin this for you. Oh, what do you do? Oh, no. It's back. It is officially back on the menu. The the land yacht? Nope. Oh, I forget what had gone away. Think about what has beef. I and... do like beef. Well, not right now, but I will again <laughs> once Your my colon, colon is like no longer here, impacted. You will have to go on their website or on Facebook and check out the new menu. Oh, I it's an all-new menu. There's some things that went away and some things that have come back. And, you know, it probably has poutine with gravy. <laughs> I'm still humiliated by that. I've long understood and accepted that I'm a dummy, but that that was an extra dummy move there. You know, we've heard many Florida man stories. Yes, most of them beginning with when I was in Florida. (laughs) But I have an Idaho man story. Oh, Idaho man. Idaho man who has broken more than 200 Guinness World Records returned to his very first title and juggled blindfolded for more than 30 minutes to break his own record. Okay. What's he juggling? Juggling Chainsaws, balls, baseballs, baseballs, baseballs. baseballs. I feel like 30 minutes. That doesn't feel like that long yeah. to be a world record. Blindfolded. Well, I guess maybe blindfolded. Yeah, but once you get the, the I'm doing the hand up and down thing, do you really need to see? I was thinking the same thing. Look, I don't, want to dis- I don't want to dismiss. I don't want to dis- diminish it. I could pass this pen back and forth in my hand, and I drop it four times a minute. You know, that's a well, that's a hell of an accomplishment. But world record, I think. I well, think- he set the record originally in 2016, juggling for six minutes and 34 seconds blindfolded. Wow, is that okay. it? Okay, he broke wow. it again. Um. At 22 minutes and 7 seconds, and now he's broken it at 32 minutes and 7 seconds. So he's broken the previous record by 10 minutes. Well, that's impressive. It just doesn't feel like it's that long. Like I feel like a world record would be like three days, right? I don't know. That's that's a long time just to juggle. I was thinking at least an hour. Why don't you do it? Well, no, I'm with Fleeker on this yeah, one. No I could do the pen they, thing for. Yeah, no one's saying they could. It just doesn't feel like <laughs> yeah. it's that long. Apparently, it must be really long. Did you ever read one of those Guinness? Oh yeah, the, used the to book. Have yeah, one. yeah. They used, my aunt used to give give a, me that for Christmas every year when I was a kid, and I used to love it. I and mean, what I was always struck by is the obscure crap people would do, and it, it always makes you think. Well, what's I got to think of some weird obscure thing I could do. And actually get myself in the book. But I, I never came up with anything. Like, you know, how many times can I flick myself in the forehead, you know, and what makes that a world record? That's true. Hey, you know, politics aside, you know, in Richmond they had to take down the statue of Robert E. Lee. Oh, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. That, that's aside. But did you see what they found underneath it? No. A time capsule. Oh, well, at least it wasn't a body. No, it, wasn't a, well, it could have been, but they didn't mention it. They mentioned a time capsule. Which I thought was kind of cool that um, that they thought to, they actually, they box 
They found one little one that contained items from residents, including Confederate memorabilia and so forth. And then they found another box that weighs at least 30 pounds. Apparently, they haven't opened it yet. (laughs) Why wouldn't they open it? Well, you know, because they wanted to make sure they got it out without breaking it. Yeah, and just smash it with it. a hammer and see maybe well, there's do maybe that. there's doubloons in there. They don't do that. They don't so, do doubloons. I thought that was kind of interesting. Did you ever do a time capsule? I think I did one in high school. Like that was something. Yeah, I like did there's too. just some field at the Butler High School with eight thousand stupid time capsules buried in them that nobody's ever going to dig up until they push that piece of crap over and build condos on it. Right. And they'll probably just push them in a pile and set them on fire. I assume. I don't remember what I put in the time capsule. Probably nothing of any consequence. Well, we could do a chaos and disorder time capsule. I think we, we should. should do that. Maybe, we maybe should have did it on our first show. Your piece of shit microphone will throw it in there. Yeah, please. <laughs> or the cord or, or whatever's broken. What else could we put in there? Um, We could age a beer, a good porter. We could put well, like you two drunks would waste a beer. <laughs> That's well, a good point. <laughs> we'd age it. It'd just turn out better. Yeah, but we won't be around to, to well, see if it aged. Well, you certainly won't. You might die while we're digging the hole. <laughs> you never know. Oh, if you did, we could put you in the time I capsule. I you. You never know. Here's the rotting corpse of the former co-host. The Crypt Keeper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's see. We could put in broken microphones, scribbled notes. we got a million of those. Yeah, we all kind of junk over here. We could put up there these credentials for the hall of fame that we're never going to be able to get back since the nfl took it over this on-air sign we never turned back on i don't know why you don't turn it on the asylum fantasy football podcast signage that i refuse to throw away or snooty. replace well you can't put snooty in there well he's got to be here unless we're shutting the show down well if you're going to take all our memorabilia then it's... what's that thing with the eagle on it i've always wondered that, that is our silver certificate for um, ASM. Oh, uh, okay. So that, that's our retirement fund there. Yes, indeed. What's... And, you know, speaking of which, we're going to have to get Bernie Nichols back on. Yeah, we can talk. Always some... a good interview. Although they won't play any hockey right now because of the Omicron. Yeah, I know. That's a problem. And, that's a problem. and I wonder what they're going to do because kind of my point last segment we got away from it was I think the NFL – NBA, they're going to do college football. They're going to do whatever they have to do. All of a sudden, things are going to get much better, whether it's true or not. The NHL, I worry about because I've come to what little bit of news I pay attention to. I've come to the understanding or thought process that Canada would be perfectly happy to take every single citizen, encase them in glass, and never let them out well, again. Well, that's the problem the NHL and the NBA is going to deal with, whereas the NFL doesn't have to worry about that right now. I mean, well, the can, NBA, they'll just throw the Raptors out or move them to Orlando or yeah, we'll something. Move them to Buffalo. Yeah, all of a sudden yeah. bring back the Buffalo. Yeah, but the NHL, Raptors. I'm worried about because they are butt skirt of the Delta up there, and they don't yeah. give a shit. <laughs> well, it's crazy. And how many? What eight Canadian teams, if memory serves? Oh boy, now we got to do the math. So Toronto, Winnipeg, Ottawa, Montreal, Calgary, Vancouver. Is it six? I don't think there's any I'm missing. Yeah, it must be six. Toronto, Montreal, Mm -hmm. Winnipeg, Mm -hmm. Vancouver, Mm -hmm. Edmonton. Oh, I forgot Edmonton. Calgary. Calgary. Ottawa. Ottawa. That's seven. Yeah. Is there one more? Uh, Maybe there's seven. Maybe there's seven. That 
significant amount of teams. So I said six, you way. said eight, so I think seven's a good compromise. Sure. I don't, who cares what's true? Facts have never been a big part of this show. I would think that our producer would be looking it up, but he's got porn yeah, on. So he's looking for that, that Riley Reed video from last week. Yeah. Did you check that out? I know he didn't. Did you? I mean, you got to do show All right, research, good, right? Good. I mean, talk about that's Oscar-worthy performance, don't you think? That was amazing. Not so to call back. The uh, quick Google search said that there, Canada has professional sports in eight sports across 20 leagues, which doesn't help when I put no. in how many specific <laughs> professional teams are there. The Alouettes are one. Thanks. That's Canadian football. Yeah, that's, not, that, that's not the hockey. <laughs> that's French for hockey. Really? Jouer au hockey. I know a lot of curse words in French, too. Seven NHL Seven. teams. You we got them. We, yes, we got them. Four in the AHL. We, we got them. We, and we two don't in the ECHL. <laughs> the ECHL. Yeah, right. I need to know that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do because Canada, they won't They won't relent. Even for hockey, they won't relent. Like I said, I think where, – where's the mountains at? Are they in Alberta? Like they, oh, they're yeah, just the going to start – go up through, yeah. They're just going to start drilling holes in the mountains and shoving citizens in them and – and encasing them there so for the rest the of time. So why is the NFL bad? I want to know that. It's it's almost an unwatchable product this year. A lot of it has to do, I think, with the, with these COVID restrictions. We're, we're getting some quarterback I've never heard of in 25% of the teams every single week. But even the teams are good. Look, look at Arizona, right? My Your predicted Super Bowl champion. I predicted them, and then no, I jumped I off the wagon I predicted Western Division on. champion, and I'm standing by it. Terrible right now. You they can't. Are, they are playing. You bad. absolutely can't trust anybody no. at any given point. I mean, the Miami Dolphins have won seven straight games after having lost seven, seven straight, straight games. games. Look, I love parody. I don't know what's going on in the league right now. This isn't parody. This is mediocrity, top to bottom. Mediocrity, completely and utterly. I don't know if it's manufactured by the salary cap, if it's manufactured by COVID in the in the injuries, and this is more of a personal thing. This 17-game season, I remember saying, oh, well, one more week of football. That's great. You know, no, it throws off my whole perception of the season, the seventh playoff team. Now, you know, the Steelers have a legit sweat of getting in the playoffs, and they are the worst football team I have ever seen play in person in my life. It's just, I got to tell you, Rick, I haven't enjoyed the product this year. That may be a product of my fantasy team stinking so bad I'm willing to grant, but really, uh, this is about the most disengaged I've been from an NFL season in a long time. It does seem sort of surreal from uh, if, you, if you just step back. I mean, you know, we're, we play a lot of fantasy and that kind of thing. So a lot of times you're just focused on players, you're right. not so much teams per se in the NFL. But once your fantasy season is practically done, you start stepping back and looking. And, you know, we talked a little bit couple weeks ago about the season that Kirk Cousins is having. That defense is abysmal. Raw, horrific in horrific. Minnesota. Yeah. Um, you know, Kyler Murray and and the Cardinals, you know, now you have Hopkins is on IR. Julio Jones IR for Tennessee. He's always hurt. Well, he comes back for like a quarter at a time and then goes back well, on IR. Exactly. And I mean, you know, but if you stand and look at the 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 AFC you know, we 
we said, oh, Houston may win a game. Well, they've won four. Yeah. They've won two in a row. Yeah, good, and they truck San Diego yeah, Good the job, Chargers, yeah. taking that show on the road. Right. I mean, they had no business being in that game, yet here they are. But, uh, you know, of course, Urban Meyer, he destroyed Jacksonville, right. which was yeah. everybody's prediction. And the Jets are the Jets. But everybody else in the AFC is like, with the exception of the Chiefs, are – wallowing in mediocrity is about all you can think yeah. of. I mean, so far in this season, the only consistently, really, truly consistently good to great football team has been the Green Bay Packers. And they're led by that dumb hippie who I can't stand, so that may steer me away from it. Plus, we know how this story ends. They will go to the NFC Championship game at home as big favorites, and they will lose. So that's already been predetermined. So it's just a matter of who. Tampa Bay could beat the 85 Bears and could lose to New Orleans with that dummy from Notre Dame who played last night. Equal equal chance. I don't understand why. I think some people think that's a good thing. Some people like that. I don't. For all the bitching and convetching I've done over the years about that reign of terror of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and the Patriots, I think you need greatness in a league, something to attain to. I do. don't like this. And it's not – we don't have parity in the sense that – Every, any given Sunday, every game is a touchdown game. The last month, it feels like you could have a 20-point favorite go in somewhere and lose by 20 or win by 40 and nowhere in between. I just, I, I haven't been enjoying it. Maybe the playoffs will bring me back around. Maybe, you know, when they start fudging and hiding these COVID numbers, which I suspect they're going to do, and we take that piece out of this every week. You know, I'm tired. So, damn time pull up the espn app if you want to laugh especially right now it'll show like eight or ten top stories i'll give you a dollar for i'll give you a hundred dollars for every one that isn't about covid forget about it irregardless of the sport that's all we can talk about now maybe it's just that ruining everything espn's obsession with it i i don't it's it's hard to watch it really is and on top of everything else when you do get a good play then yet, then there's a flag, right? And you know, the officiating's worse than ever. Worse than ever. The the calls, the the penalties themselves. There's never anything consistent, which is what irks me more. If you're going to call ticky tack penalties, fine, but you can watch one game over here and watch another game over here, and what they're flagging in this game. You know, they, they're they not even coming close to throwing the same type of flags in no, another game. No, no. And, and so there's no – and it, you have a multi-billion dollar corporation. You do. All right? You tell me why in the hell they cannot procure permanent employees called referees. Do you really think that would make a difference? And having – Yes, and make that their full-time job. When they're not refereeing games, they're basically in training, in school, going over all this kind of – that's their job. I mean, they can afford it. My God, they're paying well, yeah. people $30 million a year. I don't think it's about affording it. I don't think that makes any difference. Sure. Why wouldn't it? I am full-time dedicated to what it is I do for a living. I couldn't conceivably be more incompetent. I am just clocking checks and doing nothing all day. And that's all I do. It's what I do, other than this hour of this nonsense every week. So I don't think that makes a difference. I think they just 
I don't know if the game's too fast, if it's what it is. I, I never understood that argument, how making them full-time would help this whatsoever. Well, you know, and then – Because if... it's not like a guy's having to take a half a day off work from the law firm on Sunday, hurry up and get to the stadium to referee a game and doesn't know what's going on. I don't think that's what's happening. Well, I, I just think if they're full-time employees and the all the calls, are you know, they're inconsistent or whatever, they're fired. Well, that that might be where we need some accountability. But uh, hell, you'd have to it'd be a complete turnover every single week. Well, I think then maybe you would get some people in there that would be a little more careful. I mean, if that's how you decided, okay, this is how I'm going to make my living. You know, so then all of a sudden, okay, I'm done. Well, what are you going to do? Go to the Canadian Football League? Hey, I need a job. You know, it's man. They'd have to go in the glass box. They don't want to do that. They don't want to do that. What if they just paid the referees what the broadcast networks are to get them away from the field? It's not a bad idea. Chase them away. No referees. Thunder. Do you know who was president? Hold on. I want to make one more point on this before we start weird, stupid fact thing. Whatever you're about to do. Now I completely. (laughs) Here's my idea. Here's my idea. Mine's better. And the league has already established this as a precedent, right? They're saying to every head coach, irregardless of how many times we F up, we're only going to let you challenge, was it three times? No, two times. Two times. They get a third if they get the two right. Right. So if we F up 15 times outside of the last two minutes of each half, you only get to complain about three of them. What if, since we have this as precedent, we give each referee the same ultimatum? For every official on the field, we give you three flags. Once you've thrown them all, you're done. You can't call any more penalties. Maybe we'll stop throwing ticky-tack, touch fouls in the end zone on 80-year-old, 80-year-old, I'm looking at you, Freudian slip, 80-yard bombs and giving away free touchdowns. You're going to have to use them a little more judiciously. That's my plan to solve all this. Mine was better. All right, read your dumb president. Do you know who was president the last time the Steelers were held without a first-half touchdown for five straight games? FDR. Yes. So I just knew it was back in the 40s, and he's the only president I know from the 40s. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's obnoxious. That is absurd. It was over 80 years ago that the Steelers – were held without a first-half touchdown for five straight games. Yeah, and that's going through the 60s and 70s where six to three games were the norm. Yeah, (laughs) and the Steelers won two games. Right, yeah. You know, in the 60s. Yeah, it's it's abysmal. Did you know that Ray-Ray McLeod was second on the team with eight targets against the Chiefs? Yeah, that that, again, shot on sight at Canada. That is a great stat. And in the first half of their last six games, the Steelers have been outscored. You want to take a shot at this? Oh, it's, I know it's well over 100. to the, the last six games, first half. 115 to 13 or something. Very, very good. 114 to 19. Yeah, yeah. That is yeah. abysmal. Again, Matt- that is inexcusable. I'm sorry, Matt Canada, gone. Yeah, throw him in the ocean. Keith Butler, That's about all you can do. Gone. Ocean. Yeah. yeah. Throw him in the ocean. Clem. Oh, he already is gone. He's already gone. In, in, <laughs> in Oregon, that's worse yeah. than being thrown in the middle of the ocean, that hippie paradise out there. 
Yeah. All right, can we get out of here? Yes, indeed. I'm hungry, and I hey, have thanks. to leave. <laughs> thanks for what? Oh, I think I can. You recorded this, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty good. That isn't is it? you, isn't it? Velvety smooth voice. <laughs> all right, well, hey, happy new year to you all. Don't go out and participate in the amateur hour. Be a good drunk like these two and be. Stay home and yeah, get hammered. Stay home and get drunk by yourself like you should. We will be back, yeah, next week. Same time, same channel. Don't forget to check out everything over at Chaos and Disorder on the tweeters. Chaos and Disorder Pod on Facebook, AsylumFantasySports.com. And to reach out directly to Rick, this is Rick's direct line. Do not forget BBWBuddy at Hotmail.com. Until Man, next time. That, those we'll jokes are always so funny. They are. They're just they are. hysterical. You're welcome. They get me every time. Yeah, well, he that's likes because it. you're simple. My audience of one. Coffee shoulder. Hey, I said we'll see you. Anyway. We'll see you. Andy Reid, Andy Williams. We used to watch the Andy Williams Christmas special. We'll see you. <laughs> I know. You have to go somewhere, don't you? Well, it's just I can't end the show without you saying it. I know. We'll see you. It's fun. No, it hurts. Come on. Say it. Take care. Hasta luego. Bye, horse.